Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. On Monday, July 22nd, 1776, a group of patriotic gentlemen described by reports as animated with love for their country and eager to show their approbation of the measures lately taken by the Grand Council of America gathered on the Village Green in Worcester, Massachusetts, where they displayed the colors of the 13 colonies and read aloud the newly penned Declaration of Independence. In response, the respectable body endorsed Mr. Jefferson's declaration with repeated huzzas, firing of musketry and cannon, bonfires and other demonstrations of joy, after which the crowd repaired to the tavern where the frivolities continued with 24 separate toasts, including to the prosperity and perpetuity of the United States of America, His Excellency General Washington, that freedom and independence of America endure until the sun grows dim with age and this earth returns to chaos. And, and this toast is the best. Perpetual itching without the benefit of scratching to the enemies of America. (laughs) Historic documents report that the greatest decency and good order was observed and that at a suitable time, each man returned to his respective home. That is delicious. Reminds me of our psalm this morning, happy are the people who know the festal shout. This week we will celebrate the, our country and the 247th anniversary of that Declaration of Independence. As the rowdy gentlemen of Worcester heard on their village green and as we should revisit every year at this time, the hallowed document begins. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, my topic today might strike you as odd or off-putting. Our founding fathers wisely separated church and state. And usually I attempt to keep my preaching to the topic of scripture and the traditions of the church and how they apply to our daily life with occasionally a nod to collegiate athletics, my children, and my own episodes of buffoonery. But as the fourth approaches this Tuesday, and as we receive the blunderbuss of news that that we attempt to digest day after day, I have been reflecting on the ideals of that great declaration and how we might hold in tension the tenets of our faith and the ideals of our nation. For as Christians, we too make a declaration not of independence, but of covenant, of covenant with God. Our first covenant with God was after the great flood, 
when God set his bow in the clouds, that never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And since then, we have made multiple covenants with God with, during the Exodus, with various prophets and kings, down to Jesus himself, who on a Thursday night in an upper room gave his friends a cup of wine and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And the amazing thing about covenants is that, and especially those that we remember in scripture, is that we break them all the time. Read your Old Testament and you can't swing a dead cat without hitting someone who has broken a covenant with God. And the really amazing thing about God is that God is constantly forgiving, healing, and re-covenanting with us. And just like a bone that is healed or a repair in grandma's quilt, the covenant is stronger after the break. And as Episcopalians, we make a covenant with God when we go to the font. Turn to page 304 in the Book of Common Prayer. Not now. <laughs> Maybe when there's a guest preacher or something. But on 304, you will find there the baptismal covenant. The baptismal covenant is the best dis dis distillation of what we as Episcopalians understand it means to be a follower of Christ. It begins with three fairly easy questions. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? And then it continues with five additional questions. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Will you preserve in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, not if you fall into sin, but whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? And will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? And the response to each of those questions is, I will with God's help. Not I will, period, but I will with God's help. For we are always in need of God's help. And therein is our covenant in those words of baptism. And those last two questions of the covenant Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? And will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? They seem especially important these days. Lionel Mitchell, an Episcopal priest and professor, wrote, Baptism is not a private religious activity without implications for life in the world. The baptismal covenant commits Christians to living out their baptism in their daily lives. As Christians living in the United States of America, a nation we love and celebrate this week, how do we live out our baptism 
in our daily lives? How does our faith, our scripture, our traditions, our liturgies, our prayers, and our baptism, how do they provide a lens through which we see the world? And when we look through that lens, how does the world change? When Thomas Jefferson wrote his declaration, his covenant with his fellow Americans, he declared that the old ways of tyranny, caste, and colonialism were over, and he declared a new way of justice and liberty for all. And as Christians living in this great nation, we live out both the ideals of our nation and the tenets of our faith when we live into our baptismal covenant, striving for justice and peace among all people and respecting the dignity of every human being. For being an American and being a Christian not only calls us to look at the world differently, but to change the world. Sometimes those two callings might be in conflict with each other, and certainly we can be one without the other. However, when we shine a light in the darkness, when we include everyone at the table, when we, wait, when we welcome the tired, the poor, the huddled masses yearning to breathe free, when we love our neighbor as ourselves, I believe we are serving both callings. This fourth and every day, may we celebrate our nation and celebrate it well, perhaps even with huzzas and cannons and many toasts in the tavern. And this fourth and every day, may we celebrate the call of our God to seek justice and love mercy. Neither is easy, but we can do it with God's help. Amen.